Bring the beat down a little bit, then bring me in. Let's go. Alright, alright. We can turn me up a little bit more in the headphones. MTA. Yeah. I got him like, he ain't leave college for this. One, two. Impact the scholars with this. Folks, what's going on? Welcome to a new episode of Foresight. This is Arden talking to you. I'm recording to you right now straight from the crib. I kid you not, I'm recording to you straight from the crib right now. Consider this a mini-sode of Foresight. Um, I talked to my brother Wills about this the other night, and I pretty much told him, I was like, look, bro, I'm just, I'm just going to record a quick episode from the crib, just because of the fact that, you know, considering what has happened in the last week in terms of music and, and among other things, you know, it is February 2nd, two days away from the Super Bowl. You guys will be hearing this over the weekend, so it's not like I'm holding on to this for at least a few days. You'll hear this, you'll hear this after I record this. But, um, but yeah, I was just telling him, I was like, you know what, bro, let me just record a quick episode and touch on the things that did happen, because by the time we meet up and record again, it's going to make no sense to touch on those topics. At that point, it's going to be so old. Even though we are in a time in a society where freaking something just a couple days old can be old and played out, like, you feel me? And it can be like, hey, man, we want to talk about what happened Monday, but people could be like, well, it's Thursday. Why are you talking about it? It's old news. Like, get out of here. And it's like, what? But that's what this episode is all about. I really don't expect it to be long. That's why I call it a mini-sode. I would be surprised if this touches like a half an hour. You know what I mean? But hey, we shall see. You just never know when it when it comes to me talking, because I could talk all day when I'm actually talking and interested in something. But um, I, I do want to give a quick shout out. Um, salute to Nico Brim for his latest project coming out, A Thousand Pictures Part 2. If you know anything about Nico, you know Nico is an up-and-coming artist from Westchester County, Mount Vernon in particular, and he's been making a lot of moves over the last couple years with this music thing, man. And Nico was actually on Foresight last year, last January, the episode was very good. And this is a guy who, even though he's very young, I think he may be like 20, 21 years old, I don't know, but he's so talented. He made a lot of moves this year. Man's recently opened up for Dave East in New York City and the songs he's dropped over the last year or so has been excellent. And I've been enjoying his latest project, A Thousand Pitches Part 2. So please look up Nico Brim and A Thousand Pitches Part 2 on all platforms. Trust me, you, you, you won't regret it. And his song, Time Zones, is the intro to Foresight. And hopefully we can get Nico back on the show you know, sooner than later. But uh, yeah, so what is there to talk about? Uh, snap, the Grammys. You know, the Grammys was last Sunday. Like I said earlier, this is February 2nd that I'm recording this, but the Grammys were last Sunday. Um, the number one trending topic on Twitter Sunday night, even though the Royal Rumble was a close second. Let me just say, and this may be a spoiler for where I'm going with the Grammys talk. For those who watched the Royal Rumble, myself included, my brother Wills watched the Royal Rumble. We're both big wrestling fans. If you watched the Royal Rumble like we did last Sunday, I think we had the better night. That's just my God honest opinion. I really do believe that we had the better night on Twitter. The Royal Rumble was lit. Um, the best edition that it's been in years. And what happened that night to me was much better than what happened in the Grammys. But 
I really didn't check for the Grammys. I didn't even do something such as like turn the channel to the Grammys just to see what's up and then go back. I really didn't. And that included freaking, you know, whether it's Kendrick's performance and he had, you know, my favorite comedian of all time, Dave Chappelle, pop out and uh, do like a quick, I guess, a quick little speech or skit or whatever. Or really among the other performances, like I just didn't care. Like I, I know I've talked about the Grammys with Wells on Foresight recently. But that was just for like a couple of awards, like the rap awards, like you know how this goes. But I'm I'm still in a position where here we are in 2018. I just want to know again, why are folks caring about something that you know doesn't really represent your culture the right way? You feel me? It's always something, especially in the hip hop community, where as a collective, we all get upset at the Grammys for missing out on this artist in particular or that artist in particular and all oh, they got this wrong and it's like guys at the end of the day man as look as great as a grammy win would be for somebody i don't think it's the end all be all so from what i remember correctly from sunday night like i know a lot of people are upset that uh zizza didn't win a grammy some folks were slightly surprised that jay-z didn't win a grammy outside of his award um some folks upset that, uh, yeah, Crew by Gold Link and Shaq Glizzy and them didn't win an award, even though that was a tremendous record in 2017. It's one of those things where I go, look, man, you know the folks there, they don't really get the culture. You know their ways are very, very shaky, you know, very sketchy. And I, like I said, I really don't think it's the end-all, be-all for Grammys. Like, to me, I don't think the Grammys are all that. Like, if you ask me, like, hey, what's what's an important thing for artist career sales are the biggest thing for artist career billboard charts you know those things matter the streams those things to me are the more defining aspects to an artist career than a gold trophy and this is coming from somebody as you can see by my shirt or if you already know about me you already know i'm a big drake fan drake has been nominated for god knows how many grammys he's brought home a few but even then, I don't really care about the Grammys for Drake. Like, for me, I care about what happened this week with God's Plan and Diplomatic Community. Both of them joints entering the top ten in billboards. God's Plan went number one. Diplomatic Community went number seven. Those things really, like, impact me in the most positive matter. Sorry for the pause there. Those things to me really matter more. Because that's how you can tell an artist is really you know, developing a presence among music fans. You, like, you understand what I'm saying? Like, yeah, the Grammys is a cool honor. Nah, I'm not gonna say cool, chill. Let me let me not disrespect the Grammys like that. It's a great honor, okay? I get it. There's something about, you know, before your name is introduced and somebody has to say this Grammy winning or this Grammy nominated. But at the same time, I look at it when it comes to movies as well, right, with the Oscars. Yeah, I get it. Oscar winning, Oscar nominated. But it doesn't really move the charts. Like, what moves the charts, once again, is are the charts. The billboards or movies, the box offices. When you see how much folks are making and selling from their last piece of art. Like, that to me really makes a big difference. So, when it comes to the Grammys, it's look. Grammys, yes, prestigious. There's an honor to it. I completely understand it. But at the same time, it's like, don't put all your eggs into the freaking Grammys. Like... Don't do it. Don't expect them unless there is a big changeover in the committee and stuff to suddenly think like, oh, our culture is going to be 
recognized and understood properly. Like, come on, like you should know better. Like you should know better if you really understand what the Grammys are about. So don't even do that. And it wasn't even a surprise that Jeezy didn't really win. Again, Jay got his, uh, you know, his award, you know, some type of iconic award and whatnot. And truth of the matter is, what the Grammys did with Jay-Z, if you don't know, they have a very complicated history. Jay-Z boycotted the Grammys a long time ago, dissed the Grammys plenty of times. So it's one of those things, too, where it's like, for as much as you think, oh, man, the Grammys is in New York City, it's at the Garden, Jay released the album that was considered the album of the year candidate. Oh, they're just going to rack it up and give it to them. You also know that the Grammys also care about the ratings because Grammy ratings has been declining in recent years. And for as much as, yes, there is a conversation about the Grammys and, of course, the prestige of the Grammys hasn't really taken that big of a hit. There's also been a lot of negativity surrounding the Grammys. So it didn't surprise me that among, yeah, Jay got his award. Jay was there just to help with ratings. Just to help with relevance and all of that stuff. That's the reason why freaking Jay was always getting so much airtime on the Grammys. You know, the camera always on him being Blue Ivy. So, you know, those folks don't really have the greatest intentions. And I'm happy that I didn't invest in watching the Grammys at all. But I don't want to sound like I'm a hater or try to take away from those that, that won. Again, salute to Kendrick Lamar, the critic's favorite. I mean, he's, he's always going to be a Grammys winner. Straight up. And I don't even want you to think that I'm saying the critics' favorite when describing Kendrick as, like, in a negative manner. Like, I'm not doing that at all, bro. But he is the critics' favorite. Do the people love Kendrick? Yeah, but the critics love him more. Like, I'm telling you, man, music reviews are funny because when you, like, really read music reviews, it doesn't really sound like a music review. Like, there's no... There's not really like a great breakdown of like the X and O's of what of that project. Like, you know, can you tell me why the production on this project was so good? Can you explain certain things in the production? Like, was this producer using the hi-hats or what he was doing with the sampling or the or the rate of the beats and things of that nature? Can you really explain what this artist and his team were doing with their pen when it comes to writing the lyrics and things of that nature? It's not not really a lot of that. It's just Music reviews freaking filled with high vocabulary and stuff, and it's not really that great and not that descriptive, in my honest opinion. If you like music reviews, then hey, that is you. If you like it of that kind, like I said, that is you, but it's not for me. But uh, yeah, but again, but still, salute to Kenny. Salute to Kenny for getting those Grammys, man. He's gonna he's going to be getting Grammys for a long time. I've said it already a few times. I personally didn't think uh, Damn was his best work. Um. I still think it's blasphemous to think Damn is his best project. I think to I think to Pimp a Butterfly is Kenny's best project, hands down. Um, I think Good Kid, Mad City is right behind it, but I don't think Damn touches both of them joints. And for me, Damn has easily been Kenny's most forgettable project. Like I haven't checked for Damn in quite some time. And again. Forget just me acknowledging the fact that, look, I love To Pimp a Butterfly and I really enjoy Good Kid, Mad City. But the replay value, I found myself replaying To Pimp a Butterfly a whole lot more than I did Damn. I'm telling you that much. I did the same thing with Good Kid, Mad City. I don't know what it is about Damn for y'all that, that do love it and, and are proclaiming it as his best album. 
that you guys are bigging it up the way that you guys are bigging it up. Uh, I, I don't get it. I, I, I think it's at the point where maybe Damn has gotten more love during its during its original peak of release than To Pimp a Butterfly did. And that to me is crazy because I, I just don't see it. Like for real, I think it's very forgettable. I think it's a project that clearly was Kenny's um, attempt to get the mainstream music down and Again, he was able to, you know, again, Humble, DNA, the, the, the record with Fianna and stuff, you know, Love, those records, you know, those records hit to an extent, but I don't think it touches some of Kenny's other strongest work, but he got what he deserved, so salute to him, and that's just really that when it comes to my Grammys talk, uh, you know, I don't, I don't, Wills and I really didn't give a damn about the Grammys, um, they're never really going to understand the culture. You know that their ways are very suspicious, like you understand, so I really just don't understand why everybody's like, oh my God, Grammys, this and that. It's like, come on, let's do better. But uh, what else What else do I have in mind? Um, damn, I'm trying to figure out what else I had in mind. Oh yeah! Justin Timberlake, hey! Justin Timberlake had an album come out last night. Uh, Man of the Woods, uh, it's always an exciting time when Justin comes out with new music because this dude is truly one of the GOATs, He's truly one of the best in the business. So it's always great to hear new music from him. But I just need to, to cut straight to the chase. Um, Man of the Woods and my God, honest opinion, while also being as respectful as possible to... Mr. Timberlake and the folks that he worked with. Man of the Woods is just confusing. Like it really is. It's very confusing. I I don't get the purpose of Man of the Woods. I don't think it's as cohesive as the 2020 Experience Part 1. I don't think it's as cohesive as Future Sex Love Sounds. And it's just a project where it's like, Maybe Justin and his crew thought they were doing something different, but in reality, they weren't really doing anything that much different than before. Like, that's just the fact that it was like, hey, we're, we're going to try to get some of this country, this country aspect to it. But it's also like you hear some of these records, and I'm trying to think off the top, like maybe Waves or the album title Man of the Woods, like there's a track named after it, or Midnight Summer Jam or whatever it's called. It's like, there's really no big country influence on it. Maybe the biggest country record on that album that, that was like different was the one with uh, Chris Stapleton. If I got his name wrong, I'm sorry. But besides that, Man of the Woods honestly had a feel of 2020 Experience Part 1. Like some of those records, like again, like a Waves, Higher, Higher... Like, like, like those records in particular are records that I was listening to, and I like those records. I'll definitely go back to them whenever I go back to this project. But I'm listening to these records, and I'm like, these sounds like leftovers from 2020, bro. Or these sounds like some joints that you could have did back in 06 when you did Future Sex Love Sounds. Like, it was that vibe. Like, you know, it's just the same feel. You know, it's just the same feel with the 
electronic feel, the upbeat, the, the, the effects added to his voice, just the, the way the writing goes about, the way the production goes about for just a portion of this album. And it's like, dude, you didn't really push the envelope with this. You know, you didn't really push the envelope. It's not different. It's not cohesive. And I wouldn't say this album is bad by any means, but I wouldn't consider it good. I would say this album's kind of is like, you know, I'll give it a, it's a high, it's a high. Like this album is filled with records that either are going to grow on you or you're going to like depending on how you're feeling. You know, so the second, uh, the second track on it, like I said, I think it's Midnight Summer Jam or Sun Night Memory Jam, whatever it's called. It's a record that you will easily, it will easily grow on you or you will like depending on the mood. Supplies is a record that again, same thing. Either you it grows on you or you like it depending on the mood. I know a lot of people didn't really like Filthy. Filthy was the first record that came out for this uh, project by, by Justin. I liked it, but at the same time, I'm not gonna be like, oh, I love it. I just like it. The production's cool, it's smooth. I know my two steps gonna be lovely to it, but I didn't really like it as much. I just feel like with this album, they tried to push the envelope. They tried to do something different. And what they were selling for this project didn't really come to reality, if it makes sense. Like, you get what I'm saying? Like, it didn't really come to reality. Like I said, some of these records just felt and sounded like they were leftovers. Like, yo, this was supposed to be on part one of 2020 or maybe a part two. Or who knows, if you wanted to go part three, those would have been some records. You feel me? But I didn't really think, like, oh, man, like, this album really pushed the the culture forward, you know, or whatever culture it is, or the, or his sound. It was like, you guys attempted to do something, but in reality, all you did was just stuck and tried with the formula that worked before and what is expected of you. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm still happy that Justin released new music and, I, and, I'm, and I'll happily take it. And like I said before, there's some records that I will check for again but I don't think it was all that. I don't think it was that much different. I don't think it was cohesive. I don't think there was truly a point to this project, especially if you were selling it as if like, oh snap, Justin's about to really embark on this new sound and we're gonna see a new side of Justin and, and that new side of Justin is him, you know, representing, you know, his upbringing and his Southern roots. Like it wasn't like that. It was only hints of that in terms of the southern roots and maybe that sound and and it wasn't cohesive that's what bothered me like it just wasn't cohesive like it, it was very weird like the first few tracks kind of sounded like it was in order and then the last five felt as if justin and it was like oh yeah man we got to do something to try to relate back to the country roots and stuff yeah my southern roots and it came down to that but it just didn't feel right it felt like a playlist so again, I, I, I will take this album from Justin and I will listen to the records that I will like. And I'm pretty sure you will too if you heard this album. But it's not touching 2020 Experience Part 1. It's not touching Future Sex Love Sounds. Part 2, I didn't really like as much of 2020. But Part 1, dog, that, that was fine. <laughs> you know it was fine. But again, man, salute to JT and them for what they was doing and whatnot. But um, yeah, I'm not really checking for that particular album. But I like some of the songs though. And I think this is possibly the final thing I have in mind. I think this is maybe the possible final thing I have in mind. 
But uh, I do want to give a huge shout out to Will Smith. Yes, Will Smith, Big Willie. Get jiggy with it, the Fresh Prince, you know, Men in Black. I, I gotta give a big salute to Will Smith because I always joke around each year about who could be like social media's MVP or whatever, or Rookie of the Year. But let me tell you something. Will Smith, hands down, is going to be the most influential person on social media. I will say it again. Will Smith will be the most influential person on social media in 2018. I don't care about no Kim K with the photos she released or anybody else. Will Smith will be that guy in 2018 because Will Smith is dropping off gems. And his page is just great stuff that you would want to see from a celebrity, especially a celebrity of his stature. You know, you, you feel like you can relate to him. You feel like this is a man that even with his success and everything else is still a normal person despite living in unnormal circumstances. And this clip that I have for you guys is a clip recently from Will Smith and uh, he's been giving out quite a few motivational speeches on his Instagram that's been blowing up on social media. Like these videos hit 1 million, two plus million views. Um, on Twitter, it's the same thing for those that share it on other platforms. And I love his message because it's messages that I live by and that I try to tell people. But the biggest thing is, again, that I try to live by and I may have expressed it, but Will Smith does an incredible job expressing what I feel. So with this clip I'm going to share with you, please just listen to it and enjoy the gem that Will Smith just dropped. Uh having a debate with a friend of mine and we got stuck on the difference between fault and responsibility and she kept talking about how something was somebody's fault it's somebody's fault I was like it really it don't matter whose fault it is that something is broken if it's your responsibility to fix it for example is it's not somebody's fault if their father was an abusive alcoholic but it's for damn sure their responsibility to figure out how they're going to deal with those traumas and try to make a life out of it. It's not your fault if your partner cheated and ruined your marriage, but it is for damn sure your responsibility to figure out how to take that pain and how to overcome that and build a happy life for yourself. Fault and responsibility do not go together. It sucks, but they don't. When something is somebody's fault, we want them to suffer. We want them punished. We want them to, to pay. We want it to be their responsibility to fix it. But that's, that's not how it works, especially when it's your heart. Your heart, your life, your happiness is your responsibility and your responsibility alone. As long as we're pointing the finger and, and, and stuck in whose fault something is, we're jammed and trapped into victim mode. When you're in victim mode, you are stuck in suffering. Road to power is in taking responsibility. Your heart, your life, your happiness is your responsibility and your responsibility alone. I just love that clip from Will Smith because of the fact that it's something that I've honestly been trying to not only live by, but tell people because of the fact that in today's times, you know, in society today, I don't think we're necessarily 
responsible anymore. Like, I, I really don't believe as if we hold people accountable anymore for their actions or the things done. And it's at a time where we simply just go by either or. Like, you know, you're either with us or you're against us. You're either with this or you're with that. And it's like, yo, we don't have to be one or the other. We can be both, you know? Like, this can be true and this and this can be true. Like, we don't have to pick and choose sides. As a, as a society, we're already segregated by many things. We're already segregated by our beliefs and a lot of things, by our lifestyles, by our cultures, by our race. So why add more to this difficult challenge of us trying to be united and understand each other by trying to make it seem as if, look, you have to choose one side on this issue or not. And I feel like a lot of it plays into the fact that why I look at society today and go, hey man, we're just not as accountable as before. We're not as responsible as we were before because we always have to take one side of the issue but we don't really take time anymore to just teach people things, to hold them accountable for stuff. Like when you look at a lot of stuff that's been happening recently, whether it's with the different type of crimes that's been happening or the Me Too movement or anything else, it's like, yes, we need to comfort these victims that have undergone this trauma and, and, and other stuff of that nature. We need to comfort them, we need to support them, we need to do a lot of this stuff to make them know that, hey, they will be fine. They will be able to recover from this and they will be able to move on. So I'm completely fine with that. But what I'm having a problem with now is, is as if, look, for as much as we're trying to support them and comfort them and make sure they're all right, we also have to teach people stuff. And teaching people stuff and holding them accountable for things and putting them on the game is not victim shaming it's not victim blaming it's not being you know what's the word insensitive towards somebody's feelings it's again i understand what you've gone through it was very difficult i i completely understand that and I, like i just said before i understand we need to support you and comfort you and do a lot of those things but we need to hold you accountable for not just what may have happened, but really just for moving forward to understand that, look, we need to understand that, hey, for as much as we have to support you, we need to teach you X, Y, Z. We need to teach you how you can avoid this happening again or what to do next time if this type of situation happens again. And I just feel as if we can't do that no more. It, like we really can't as a society, like we really can't. And people look at you like you're insensitive and it's like, how am I insensitive? And in fact, I'm not insensitive. I'm caring. I'm more caring than you because I've managed to do the same thing you've been doing in terms of comforting this person, supporting them emotionally, physically, financially, or whatever, and I'm teaching them. We forget. Each one teach one. You need to teach. You feel me? Like, again, as somebody that grew up in the inner city, my parents, my uncles, whoever told me, told folks who grew up in the inner city or whatever, look, don't, for example, don't go in that neighborhood. Don't go in that neighborhood. That's a gang-oriented neighborhood. These guys are this gang, their dad, they're involved in these type of activities. But understand, don't go into that neighborhood at this time of the day or night or at all. Because if you do, this is what's going to happen to you, right? Let's say you go into that neighborhood and something does happen. For as much as your people will support you and they'll make sure you're recovering fine. And of course, they'll get after the person or people that did this to you. 
they're still going to hold you accountable because they're going to be like, hey, why did you go? Why did you do this? Or even if you didn't do anything, hey, know for next time to do X, Y, and Z, but we're also hoping there isn't a next time. And Will Smith's message to me is such a beautiful message because it's, again, it's not your fault, right? It covers both things that I've talked about. It's not your fault that this happened, but it is for damn sure your responsibility what happens in the aftermath to make sure that you're good again, to make sure that you're learning and you're accepting stuff because it all goes back to you. In society today, folks are forgetting that at the end of the day, it goes back to you. With every step you take, with every move you make, you are making the decision every step of the way. So you can't be surprised that certain things happen to you based off of what you have done with your life. And people that are accountable, people that are responsible, people that are just straight up realistic understand those things. But we get confused. We get confused as if we don't care. We get confused as if we're insensitive and a whole bunch of stuff. But it's like, no, I just know better than you. I understand if I want to do stuff this way, this will happen. But if I do it the other way, this will happen. Hmm. How should I go about things if I don't want things to happen this other way? Let me go this way. And that's happened because guess what's happened to us over the course of our life? We've been held responsible for a lot of our actions. We've been held to a standard. We've been able to get both sides. Nobody just supported us and do this for us and didn't give us the other side. No, people have supported us and did a lot of things, but they taught us about the game. Point blank period. And we need to get back to that as a society. But I want to get back to the original point, which is again, Will Smith is going to have the best social media account in 2018 best believe that so please follow that man and check for him because it's it's going to be a game changer and i know some people on twitter i've seen a person tweet this earlier where it was like some simple tweet where it was like will smith goes uh i think somebody was like will smith goes all people can be good or whatever and then they wrote us and we're like our minds were blown or whatever. But Will Smith is not just giving us simple advice. Like Will Smith is giving us some real and legitimate advice that makes sense that even for somebody like me or you who may already know these things or are already living by it, he's explains it in a way that's much better than how we would have explained it or lived it. But yeah, that's just the latest episode of Foresight, man. Like I told you before, this was a mini-sode. The things we touched on today were things I really wanted to touch on. The Grammys, JT's new album, briefly touching on God's plan going number one, and diplomatic immunity going number seven. Hey, Drake, they said the run was over. <laughs> Funny. But, um, and yeah, Will Smith. So yeah, next week on February 9th, Wills and I, will we will be back together recording. February is going to be a pretty good month. Uh, trust me, we got some stuff on the way for you guys, man. So please check us out. Continue supporting the four side. Again, support Nico Brim of what he's been doing with his project, his latest project, A Thousand Pitches Part 2. Search it up everywhere. Check out his intro. Check out our intro, which is his song, Time Zones, that we've been using for the last few months. Trust me, you won't regret it. But yeah, man, that's Foresight. Hope you enjoyed it. And uh, we got more work coming along. But as I've been saying before, and as of recently, ah, ah, ah. Let's get it, man. Bye.